Welcome to the Xbox Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Captain Logan. This week, we've got a lot to cover in the news. If you don't know what the Xbox Wrap-Up show is, well, I'm going to be covering the news that happened this week from Monday through Friday, everything that you need to know. And if there's something that happens over the weekend, we're going to be covering that too. So this week, we have a little bit of news, uh, mostly coming from actual games in this case. We're going to be talking about Saints Row impressions. We're going to be talking about the Evil Dead review that I talked about last week. Fall Guys is in the news. I was kind of surprised about that. Also, what's coming to Xbox Game Pass, as well as will The Witcher actually release its next-gen version? We've got some interesting stuff talking about uh, the revamped Play PlayStation Plus, a uh, partial list of games that are coming to that service, as well as uh, Square Enix talking about something special for Final Fantasy VII, their NFT designs, uh, some information about Overwatch 2, and how... Activision Blizzard deal seems to be moving fast. Uh, there's a game that came out this week called Multiverses. We're going to be talking a little bit about that. And in other news, I don't know if I want to cover this. I probably won't. So just to get this out of the way now, if you're judging people based on their gamer score and whether or not they need to be an Xbox ambassador, you really need to take a hard look, long look at your life because gamer scores are just a number. You don't have to judge people by them. In fact, you probably shouldn't judge people, period. Just let them live their life. That's going to do it for uh, the, the intro. We're going to be talking about all that and more in this week's episode of the Xbox Wrap Up. Let's go. been an interesting news in the gaming industry this week and while there isn't a whole lot to really talk about outside of what i covered last week which seemed to be the big bombshells of the month so far uh we're going to be talking about how one of the biggest things that happened for xbox seems like a small victory but it could be the future for xbox and what i'm talking about is actually xbox outsold sony playstation 5 in japan this week it seems like kind of a crazy thing to be talking about but yes indeed uh it looks as though xbox has actually outsold and this is uh based on the xbox series series uh game consoles not just like the series x uh, i do want to um kind of make sure that that's kind of made known uh, when we talk about the Xbox series consoles. Um, we're going to be talking specifically about both the X and the S. And if you don't know, the S has been significantly more available uh, in, in the wild. I've seen plenty in stores nowadays, um, in fact, to the point where I'm actually waiting for a deal. In fact, I've seen some deals actually show up. Uh, there's been a couple sales on Amazon where I've seen them for $289. Uh, I think one time I saw them for super cheap at like $250. Uh, but it's, it's going to be clear that a lot of places are going to be selling through some of these Series Xs and Series Ss. In fact, uh, due to a really weird issue with the hardware on my Xbox Series X, um, I've had a bit of an issue. Actually, you know what? Before I get into the Xbox outselling Japan thing, I feel like I need to get something off my chest because this has been bugging me for a while. Uh, I, I bought a Series X on launch. Uh, I pre-ordered it. In fact, I ended up pre-ordering two. One of them I ended up uh, uh, giving to a, a fellow or a, a, another podcaster who was out hunting for one and couldn't get one of those. Uh, so 
I ended up selling that one and uh, paying for half of the shipping to get it to them. And then uh, they paid me for that. Um, no charge there. I'm not going to charge extra for that kind of stuff. And uh, it was great. It, it was really, really fine. Um, I never had any problems with it except for uh, headsets. Headsets, for some reason, I would have disconnect. Now, it didn't matter what headset it was. It didn't matter if it was wireless or connected to my controller. It didn't matter uh, if it was um, something that was was during a certain time of day. Uh, for whatever reason, the the Xbox would just drop out on the actual party chat. This happened a lot when I would be streaming from the Xbox. Um, and I've even changed TV since then. I've still had the same issue. So I'd been making phone calls to Microsoft for a bit. Uh, and every time I'd contacted them, they would tell me something else. Like, you know, they would say like, hey, well, you know, uh, there's some firmware updates that are coming out that'll probably solve the issue. We've, we're, we're aware of this. Um, just hang tight. I'm like, all right, fine. I'm calling within the first year. This shouldn't be a problem. Everything's documented and uh, they should be able to help me out if this, this, if this proceeds. So uh, firmware updates come out. Nothing changes. I call back. They say, okay, well, let's go ahead and reset your, your system. Okay, fine. Reset the system. Still happens. Uh, and of course, this is not something where it's like, it's not that it's not working it's that it's sporadic but it's so annoying to the point where it's like a constant issue you know you'll be sitting there uh, in a destiny raid trying to, to make a call out and your headset just drops out and the connection picks right back up but the important call that you needed to make uh, was missed and you ended up wiping the raid as a, as a result uh, stupid stuff like that so because it wasn't something that was just outright broken or outright defective I couldn't sit there and point to this and be like look you guys need to fix this it's obviously defective it's like it could have been a number of different things it could have been the number of uh, why Wi-Fi devices in the area. It could have been uh, the channel that I was on for a Wi-Fi signal. It could have been any number of things that, that were causing this issue. So I, I figured I'd go through the due diligence. I'd go through uh, Xbox chat and I'd say like, hey, you know, these are the issues because I knew, I knew if I sent this in and said, hey, it's defective, they'd send it back and be like, couldn't find anything wrong with it. And I'm, and that's that's totally understandable because it was such a sporadic event. Uh, so after a couple of years of actually going through this process, I finally got to the point where I was like, okay, fine. We've exhausted all the possible efforts. They had me download the operating system from the internet uh, through a special link onto a thumb drive and then hard reset my Xbox and reinstall the actual operating system off of the thumb drive. And I still had this issue. So I contacted Microsoft and I said, hey, what's going on with this? And they say, well, it, it sounds like it's definitely defective, but you're out of warranty. And I'm like, I know I'm out of warranty. You guys are the ones that told me that I need to be like waiting for update firmwares to exhaust every option. You know, these are the things I've been sitting through for the last couple of years. Like, what the heck? Take care of me. Uh, and they're like, well, let me let me go ahead and um, escalate it up to my manager. They came back and they're like, well, manager says it's out of warranty. And I'm like, no, duh, it's out of warranty. So. I obviously have been very disappointed with uh, the service. Everyone I, everyone I talked to kept telling me to wait, to wait, to wait, to wait until finally I waited so long that they told me I'm out of warranty, which seems really messed up. And when I asked for them to check into the actual call history, the account history, the ticket history, uh, I only had one uh, ticket that I could find in my email. Lo and, lo and behold, I, I guess Gmail actually deletes emails after a year if you don't save them or something. So I didn't have any other tickets to be able to point to and be like this. But 
at the same time, it's all on the same account. They should have that in their system as well, too. They should at least have, at least in the same uh, same thing that my company does that I work for, they have like a five-year email backup, like you, you're supposed to do that. But this is all based on tickets. Like my tickets should be connected to my account in some cases, or at least the, the, the hardware itself. So I don't understand why they couldn't find any of these tickets that I'd called in about. So I talked to the guy, the guy was very nice. Uh, and he said, you know what, you're probably better off taking it to a shop to get it repaired because it sounds like it's definitely defective. Well, I'm not going to take it to a shop and I'm not going to pay Microsoft $200 for this to, to get sent in to get fixed for something that I don't even know if it's actually going to get fixed or not. Uh, so I do what I normally do in these situations. I go to ifixit.com, which is not a sponsor, and I bought two used uh, uh, pieces of hardware, two boards, uh, the, the wireless adapter, uh, card and the accessory card and i i tore open my out of warranty xbox and i replaced those two cards and it's working better but there's definitely been at least one time where it has dropped out and again it's not the it's not the headphones because i've used the headphones on my xbox one x perfectly fine no issues whatsoever i've used my uh my my HyperX uh headset which is a wired one connected to the controller um, on both my my one x and my series x no problems on the one x always always drops out once in a while on the uh on the the series x so and i it, it doesn't make any sense to me so i i replace those cards and they're doing better but to get back to the story where it looks like xbox is outselling japan i ended up buying another xbox series x and i'm going to test this and see if it works and if it does, then I will probably keep it and I will probably sell the other one. Or if it doesn't work, then I will know that it's something going on with the actual apartment and just the interference and the number of people that live in my apartment complex and the amount of Wi-Fi issues that I'm having, even though that makes zero sense, uh, unless it's just that the hardware for the Series X is weaker when it comes to maintaining a connection between the headset and the wireless connection there uh, compared to the One X, which I I 100% believe is potentially an issue tearing apart those systems or that system. I can definitely tell you like the, uh, the, 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 the accessory controller board is right on the front of the actual Xbox and the actual, um, wireless board is close to the, to the actual, uh, the front of it as well too. Like both are right towards the front of the actual console. So there's no reason why this thing is having to go through all of the, uh, the heat sinks that are in the actual console to be able to, to receive a signal. It's like, it's right up in front of the actual console. So if it's pointed towards you, you have the quickest line of sight to it at that point. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to see how this goes. I, I really am curious to see if it's, if it's just, if it's my apartment or if it's the hardware that I have, because the hardware that I have, it works fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but for whatever reason, my headset just drops out for some reason other than that. And it's not even like it's a big annoyance, but it's enough an annoyance that it kind of bugs me. Uh, and at this point I've, I've put in so much due diligence. I've, I've already spent like 60 bucks worth on used parts to replace myself. Um, and I, it's, you know, I've, I've done this stuff in the past, so I know I didn't screw that up, um, that I'm just, I'm so, so frustrated with this one thing, which really kills me when I go to use my PS5 
and the PS5 has my Pulse headsets. I wouldn't, because I usually go first party with this kind of stuff. I like going first party. I think they know what the hardware is. They tend to design it that way. And they, you know, they have something to, to prove. Um, so I went with the PS5 and I went with the Pulse headsets. No problem whatsoever. Works great. Actually really love that system. Think that system has uh, really, really done a well job, a, a good job. And just a, a quick little side point here, the expansion memory that, that was such a, a hard thing to get hold of when the console actually came out getting really cheap nowadays way cheaper than uh the xbox uh card as well too so like xbox was very strong out the gate when it came to this console generation they had uh, really good hardware they had a lot more stock a lot more availability uh they had memory expansion day one they had backwards compatibility they had uh all of the cool little features as far as like uh, what the actual os is capable of now that we're a couple years into the actual generation i gotta say playstation is doing some of the things that i wish xbox was and i kind of wonder if Xbox was ready for that first launch and then didn't quite have as much support or expansion that they planned on as we got further out. It's kind of like they had everything ready to go at the start and Sony didn't. And then Sony had to play uh, catch up a lot. But now that they've kind of caught up with a majority of what's been going on, uh, there's been some some little jumps that I would give to Sony compared to Xbox. So when I go and I actually read this article from Games Radar uh, by Hope Bellingham, Bellingham, yeah, Bellingham, uh, I actually really like that name. Um, this is an interesting article because this was something that uh, is, is oh, actually, you know what? I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong article. Uh, this was from March where they had outsold the, uh, the One X um let me see if i can find the right article okay here here we go uh so xbox outsells playstation in japan for the first time since 2014 eight years uh this article comes to us from GameSpot, written by george yang thank you george for writing this up uh the sales in japan for xbox series s last week surpassed those of ps5 making this the first time an xbox console has outsold the playstation in any given week since 2014 according to famitsu during the week of may 9th through may 15th which was last week uh the or actually i guess technically this week but um kind of starting off the xbox series s console sold 6120 units which doesn't seem like a whole lot given the whole com like the whole population of japan that that kind of seems crazy but then again we're also talking about four days as well too right so let's let's kind of move in sales from the playstation 5 disc version and digital edition were at 2240 and 430 no 493 units respectively uh for a combined total of 2,693 units. So almost three times uh, uh, that of the, the uh, or almost a third of, of the Series S comparative. Um, really surprised at this because for a long time, Xbox has struggled to be able to have some sort of foothold in Japan. Uh, and if it's one thing that I've noticed about the Japan market is that they cherish uh, compatible or co no, uh, what is the word? Conformant? No. Mm, 
compact uh, systems, I guess would be the best way. The most com compact you can get typically is the one that's going to win. Uh, Nintendo has just absolutely killed it in Japan because their handheld is also a home home console as well, too. You got the little dock, you toss it in there, you pick it up, you got on the you get on the train, you're good to go. So when I see that the Xbox Series S is more popular than the PlayStation 5, and I look at how big the PlayStation 5 is, even with the games, I, I it, it does not surprise me that a lot of uh, people in the Japan market are looking to kind of take advantage of the fact that this is such a small console. They don't have a whole lot of room in most of the apartments there. So the smaller it is, the more likely you're going to pick it up because you don't want to have a big honking thing sitting in your living room sitting in your apartment and most of the people that are living in these apartments are probably going to be somewhere in the age range of 20 to 40 and because of that they're going to look for whatever is the cheapest and most available so being that the series s is the affordable entry point into the next gen consoles couple that with xbox game pass offering a, a plethora of games for a low entry fee per month, you've really you've really kind of set yourself, or, or Xbox has really set themselves up for success for that lower income market. Uh, they recognize that you can have the high end market if you want. You can compete with some of the hard or highest value software, uh, or not hard software hardware with the Series X. And PlayStation knows that they are having to compete in that market as well too. Uh, so when they are trying to make the digital only edition version of the ps5 you have a lot of players who are kind of willing to pick that up but it is almost impossible to find i have not seen that anywhere i've seen more disc versions than i have digital editions and to be honest when the console first came out people were ordering the digital because that was all they got and Sony was actually sending out disc versions because they could not fulfill the digital uh, edition of that. Uh, so I'm really surprised that Xbox is starting to make headway. Now, bear in mind, it's, it's been a couple of years now that these consoles are, are, are going to be out by the time. Well, actually, no. When did they come out? Yeah, they came out like 2020, right? So it's it's been a bit. It's been a hot minute. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that this is happening. I'm hoping that the that the kind of shortcomings of the series s won't be a hindrance um and, I, and i'm kind of specifically speaking to the fact that the hard drive for the series s is only 500 gigabytes uh given that the switch only has like a 32 gigabyte hard drive i'm not too surprised if folks decide to go with uh or, or are okay with that you know it seems like they're not too upset about that um and and i feel like with the series x most of the folks over there seem to be okay with the resolution, uh, given that the most of the games that you're going to be able to play on there are still going to be able to offer 60 frames per second at 1080p, which honestly, compared to the one s and the one x of the previous generation is still a leap above that uh, i know a lot of folks are kind of still kind of touting that the one x is more powerful just because it can uh, do closer to raw 4k which is fine but honestly given the hardware compared to the series s 
I kind of look at them at both. Yes, it can do 4K, but it really ever, rarely ever gets above 30 frames per second at that 4K. So if you knock that down to 1080, then you could probably get out about 60 frames, which is roughly about what the Series S is offering. Given the faster uh, load times with the, the special hardware or the special, um, what do they call it, hard drive, the memory in there, uh, the Series S at the cheaper cost, the 300 price, just seems to make sense for a lot of gamers who are casual fans and want to dip into indie games or, or have one or two games that they play. So really interested to kind of see how this plays out, especially uh, when the PS5 becomes more available. I really want to know what happens when you can start picking up PS5s off the shelf uh, any day of the week and it doesn't matter and they're starting to do bundles of them and stuff like that because I think that's really going to tell when uh, those become available whether or not Sony has a good still or still has a good strong uh, foothold in Japan and other markets for that matter. Speaking of Game Pass, uh, there are a few games that I figured I'd talk about real quick just to kind of give you a heads up. Uh, if you're a fan of Farming Simulator, Farming Simulator 2022 is now going to be a made of, or it's going to be made available on Game Pass. That's going to be for cloud, console, and for PC. Uh, you're also going to be able to pick up Jurassic World Evolution 2, which I played the first one. I really enjoyed the first one. I thought it's a great park build. Uh, it was really kind of cool to have Jeff Goldblum in there as well as other familiar cast members to just kind of talk about the game, talk about the world and give you an opportunity to really kind of build up uh, your own version of Jurassic World. Uh, Evolution 2 looks to in, uh, bring in some really nice features as far as uh, different biomes. Um, you're also going to be able to uh, check out a new campaign, um, a chaos theory mode, which really kind of is, is going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I really am kind of curious, like how that works. And the big thing to me, honestly, was the fact that they're going to finally be including flying and marine reptiles. Uh, we've, we've seen a whole bunch of new dinosaurs, uh, but the inclusion of flying and marine animals to me seems really cool. Um, I really, one of the few things I really enjoyed about Jurassic World, the actual film. Uh, the next one that you guys might be interested in is Skate. This is coming to cloud through uh, EA Play. So if you don't want to download it, you can always stream it via cloud. Uh, kind of just a, a great skater game. Um, if you like those and you're sick of Tony Hawk, uh, definitely a good way to go about it. Um, also coming out this week on top of Farming Simulator is actually Vampire Survivors. Uh, the little blurb about this is interesting. It says, jump straight into the action, mow down thousands of night creatures, and survive until dawn. On. The gothic horror world of the vampire survivors will throw relentless hordes of monsters at you, making the right choices and relying on your skills and favorite weapons to turn the tide and quickly snowball against your enemies. And this one is kind of interesting because uh, we've actually had quite a few vampire games come out recently. Uh, this is one of them. Um, we're also seeing uh, there's a really popular one that's available on PC right now, which is a vampire survival uh, right now that it's in. Um, I'm trying to think of what it's called. Oh, I just blinked. Out. V Rising uh, is now available on uh, Steam as well as I believe Epic. I think it's on Epic, um, but it's an early access survival 
survival horror game where you're playing as a vampire you have crafting you have to get mats you have to build up your uh town it's 20 bucks it's kind of like valheim with a vampire twist top down isometric kind of like diablo 3 so if you imagine diablo 3 meets rust with a vampire skin that's kind of what you're going to be experiencing with v rising but that's been pretty popular a lot of streamers have been playing that uh so if you can't get that um and you want to try out a vampire game vampire survivors is coming to pc uh this today technically uh for you as well too and then the other one that came out is actually uh vampire the masquerade um let me see if i can actually pull up the little blurb that i had out about that which for some reason is escaping me where the heck is my open critic i totally had an open critic page open which is dumb to say that you have an open page for open critic but vampire of the masquerade swan song is uh right now not doing some great um average critic score is around 49 or 47 percent top critic uh, average is 69 um this is uh, an, an interesting thing let's let's take a look uh gabriel moss over at ign uh wrote that the vampire masquerade uh is a swan song falls short of its ambitions as a story focused detective rpg due to the dense but under or uninteresting plot bland characters and unintuitive uh puzzles they gave it a five out of ten uh games radar plus gave it a two and a half out of five uh pc gamer gave it a 50 out of 100 metro game center gave it a four out of ten game informer uh kind of the the highest one i found so far gave it an eight and a half out of ten uh they said rarely have i played a game where i've wanted to reset a scenario to undo bad decisions as i have here swan song makes you pay for your missteps and should be an excellent game for water cooler discussion with others who have played it uh god is geek chris white over there says uh this is an eight out of ten vampire masquerade swan song offers a deep rpg game and an engrossing story with some well-designed puzzles along the way so you're getting a, a real good mix of what is coming from the main reviewers for this uh i have not played this and i'm i'm probably going to hold off uh just because it doesn't seem like it is like overwhelmingly positive at this point which is is kind of interesting to kind of look at here um especially sitting at 69 i feel like there are maybe some other games coming in the future that you might want to take a look at i know sniper elite uh 5 is coming out on may 26th um so if you're a fan there's the fourth one i believe is still over on game pass if you want to play through that as well too I do know for a fact that Sniper Elite 5 is actually coming to Game Pass as well too. So if if you wanted to hold off, you could. I wouldn't blame you. You could totally do that. And then one that'll probably uh, speak to uh, Chris Johnston over at the Player One Podcast is, of course, Pac-Man Museum. A uh, huge fan of Pac-Man, and uh, that is now coming to cloud, console, and PC on Game Pass. So if you love Pac-Man and you want to play the Pac-Man Museum, you can now do so on your phone. Uh, actually. Let me take a look and see if they mention whether or not this has uh, the actual touch controls, because that's always kind of a big deal. 
So let's see. Bah, 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 bah. Yep, it does. It says uh, Game Pass uh, Ultimate members can play with cloud gaming and touch controls on day one. No controller needed, which that honestly is a is a great feature for uh, for, for playing on your phone. Um, having that touch controls. I can't tell you the number of times I've needed to check something in Sea of Thieves and just grab my phone, opened up Game Pass and being able to do it there is is just it's it's great. It's nice. Also grounded. Um, if you don't remember that, that is kind of the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids uh, game that is is kind of a survival game, four-player co-op survival game uh, made by Obsidian. And uh, they just had the Bug Strike Back update uh, come out. That is something that they're still in game preview. They're still trying to figure out if they want to do a story for this, but they're having a good time with what's going on. Uh, but if you've been playing Grounded or if you've been interested in Grounded, I would definitely recommend jumping into it. Uh, I'm not a fan of the spiders. I just have a hard time with it. But um, they've got new armor upgrades. They've got uh, new base defense modes. Uh, there's additional crafting items and traps uh, and an all new beastery system. Uh, for you to be able to take a look and learn more about the different creatures that are out in the uh, the wild backyard there. So uh, those are kind of the main big updates I would recommend taking a look at. Um, also, I shout out to Hard Space Shipbreaker. That's coming to PC on May 24th. Uh, for, for those of you who have Game Pass for PC or if you're a, a subscriber to The Ultimate, I would check it out. See if it's for you. It's not for everyone, but man, it's relaxing. And I don't know why I don't love that. Uh, there's a turn-based uh, game called Floppy Nights that's coming to Game Pass uh, as well. It's going to be cloud console and PC on May 24th. Not really my thing. I, I'm not a big tactics game fan. And honestly, it's got a card-based strategy system. So it's basically all of the things that I don't enjoy about games all wrapped it, uh, into one. So if you love tactics, games if you love turn-based battles and you love card systems uh floppy nights is going to be made available for you and enjoy let me know what you think of that because i i will probably not jump into it one thing I definitely will be jumping into is Fall Guys. Fall Guys has been a PlayStation exclusive since gosh 2020 I believe yeah about 2020 back in August I think is when it first came out and uh it's if you don't know what what uh Fall Guys is Fall Guys is is really adorable it came out around the same time that um uh Among Us was the the popular game that was that indie game that had disappeared off of the market or disappeared out of people's mindset for a long time until streamers picked it up but Fall Guys is a game that was available through PS Plus for a while which I didn't pick up at the time uh cuz I wasn't paying for PS Plus cuz I just had my PS4 and I was far more interested in playing Sea of Thieves uh and stuff like that around that time so I missed out on picking it up for PS Plus so when I bought it uh I played a few rounds I enjoyed it I like playing with friends and i just don't have very many friends that play playstation so i haven't really put a whole lot of time into this but this is probably one of my favorite games uh to jump in and just have some good goofy fun with it's adorable uh it's uh, you play as a little bean type character there's tons of cosmetics in there and i think i picked up the tron cosmetics um when when it came out 
or when that when those came out not when it came out uh and you just kind of run through a big obstacle course you try and out uh, outwit and outplay some of the other beans that you're playing up against and whoever gets uh to the end of the different challenges gets to claim the crown which when it first came out was a very hard thing to do because uh, they don't really play with a whole lot of precision they're kind of wonky they're kind of uh, floppy in that sense and it's just a really cool game and why you might be asking is this in the news is because we've been waiting for the xbox and switch versions to come out for a long time it was rumored that those were intended to come out in 2021 after the one year exclusivity deal that they had with uh, sony but it turns out that they have been working on the game steadily and have decided to make the jump from a paid game and just on playstation to a cross-platform cross-play uh cross-progression system that is also free to play so if you've been wanting to play Fall Guys and you've been looking over at the Sony uh, camp and, and hoping that it would come to Xbox so you could have fun with the friends that you have there, you don't have to wait long. Uh, this is something that's actually coming at the end of June on the 21st. Uh, they are going to be going free to play, like I mentioned. So it's going to be available for the Switch, for PS4, for PS5, as it already is, uh, Windows PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S. This will support crossplay. It will support cross progression, and uh, they're going with a season system. So, titled free for all, the first season is going to offer new challenges and rewards, new events and locations. Um, and one of the things that they actually talked about that they showed at the end of the announcement trailer for all of this, uh, when they had their stream going, was that Fall Guys was starting to work on a really, really cool feature a way for you to be able to create your own wacky levels. And this is something that is going to be very much like what uh, Mario Maker is for Nintendo Switch. If you're familiar with that, or if you're not familiar at all, maybe you might be more familiar with Forge uh, from Halo. Halo, where you allowed to create your own levels and stuff. But uh, Fall Guys is working on a creator mode where you can kind of work on building your own levels and obstacles, things like that. I think that's really awesome. I think that's going to really help with the long and the creativity that comes from the community and support for a free-to-play model. Uh, given that it's a free-to-play model, I'll be very curious to see how people actually uh, buy into this because originally this game was about 30, 30 bucks, I believe, 30 or 40 bucks. Uh, and one of the questions that I saw going around was, I wonder how upset PlayStation players will be when they find out that the game that they bought is going free-to-play. And to be perfectly honest, I don't see this as a problem. I see this as the same kind of situation as people who bought a game at full price on lunch or on lunch on launch and enjoyed the game until the point where someone else who bought it for half off started playing the game. Well, the person who waited probably is going to be out of the zeitgeist for one. And for two, they haven't been able to enjoy it for as long. So the people that generally play uh, first or pay first are going to be the first adopters. They deal with all the bugs, all the issues. They pay the full price, but they get to enjoy the game right at the start of the, the history of the game. They get to say that they were there kind of a thing. I did the same thing with Sea of Thieves. I bought the game. I pre-ordered it. I got my Black Sea Dog set. And that was kind of what I paid into to be able to access uh, the game in the state that it's it was in then, which, you know, from a history did not have a lot of content. 
now looking at Sea of Thieves, being able to pick it up for, I believe, 20 or 30 bucks nowadays. It's, it's on sale quite regularly. You can get a good deal on it. Jumping into the game, there's so much going on. It's almost a little overwhelming because you're not quite sure what to believe or what to know. Thankfully, there's a lot of content out there like my podcast and a bunch of other great YouTubers and streamers who are very helpful and have great communities to be able to help out with that. Uh, but with Fall Guys, that's not really the that's not really an issue because sure, there are going to be a lot of people from the PlayStation community who have learned these levels, who know these levels inside and out and know exactly how to uh, work the system to kind of stay alive. But given that this is coming to PC, Xbox and Switch for the first time, there's going to be a huge influx of new players, which means that queue times should stay low. Uh, new players are going to be uh, uh, prolific, or prolific, and uh, as a result, you will definitely have a whole bunch of people who've never played this game jumping in for the first time. So, if you've never played it and you're not sure what to do during the levels, don't worry, don't don't feel bad because honestly, that's going to be a majority of folks out there who are just doing the same thing. Speaking of the same thing, let's talk about CD Projekt Red carting out the same thing over and over again. If you don't know what I'm talking about, let's talk about The Witcher 3. Now, this this is kind of interesting for me because The Witcher 3 has been one of those games that has been in the gamer knowledge base for so long at this point uh, that I... I, I I feel bad, one, that I haven't played through all of it. I've only gotten a few hours in, uh, like just past the first town after you kill the griffin. That's kind of like the, the, the stopping point where I'm like, oh, okay, what do I do now? I feel like I've, I've kind of had my hand, um, I've, I've had my hand held up into this point and now the world is kind of opening up and I don't feel quite as prepared as I should, uh, given how long it took to get to that point. So by the time I come back, I always feel like I'm completely lost in that. And I always feel like it's just easier to start up again and kind of work my way through. But then you get into that vicious loop. Maybe you do this. If you do this, let me know. Uh, you get into this vicious cycle where you start a game over again because you don't remember anything about what you played when you first started it. And you start to get into this loop where you've played the intro so many times that you're so sick of the game by the time you get done with the intro because you've done it so many times that you keep putting it back down and keep promising yourself that you go back and get this but the witcher 3 wild hunt complete edition is going to be made available uh, for the next gen versions for pc ps5 xbox series x and s in quarter four or q4 of 2022 according to cd project red this was something that was originally and i talked about this in a previous episode this was something that was going to be uh worked on by saber interactive who is a pretty good porter of games they've they're the ones that actually handled the port for uh, Witcher 3 to the Switch originally, um, and they did not so great ports. Uh, I don't think that their port of uh, Outer Worlds was quite as good as it should have been uh, given how good that game is. Um, I was not quite as pleased with that, but I still bought it because it was like, you know, supporting friends at this point, of course. But as of a recent update, uh, they did let us know that they are going to be bringing it in-house. Uh, they do want to finish it up, and it looks like after taking it over over from Saber Interactive uh, that things are 
on progress or on target to be able to finish the game and get the next gen version out available for people by quarter four of 2022, which I'm honestly, I'm not going to hold my breath on. It feels like 2022 is a cursed year at this point. Uh, it feels like we have had some pretty big lofty games that were promised. And uh, of the three companies that have promised games that are going to be huge, and, and what I'm speaking about specifically, if I'm, not, if I'm being too obscure about it, uh, I'm talking about Breath of the Wild 2, I'm talking about Starfield, and I'm talking about God of War. Uh, those three companies uh, or those three console manufacturers, Nintendo, Sony, and Sega, or Sega, Sega, Xbox, uh, they have promised like really big games this year. Breath of the Wild 2 got pushed out to 2023. Uh, Starfield has now been pushed out to 2023. And I would genuinely not be surprised if God of War Ragnarok gets pushed out to 2023. Just feels like one of those situations where everyone is getting out of the way because no one has to compete with each other now. So they're going to take the extra time because so are the other companies at this point. So why not? Uh, better to kind of um, uh, wage war in, in a better state when you don't have to get it out early because you're trying to beat someone else's game at this point. Because eventually these games are going to become system sellers, especially Breath of the Wild 2, God of War, and, and Starfield. Those are definitely going to be system sellers. They're exclusive to their consoles. Uh, so when I look at what 2022 has in store and I see a giant gaping hole where so many really good games were intended to come out and then I hear CD Projekt Red say we're definitely coming out quarter four 2022 and I think about what happened with Cyberpunk I can't help but say you know guys take your time with it no one's asking for the next gen version we can play it right now if we really want to and Thanks to Xbox uh, Series soft or, or hardware. I keep wanting to say software. Software. I don't know why. Uh, thanks to the Xbox Series X hardware. Load times are really short, and the game still runs really, really well. So it's not like it's it's hurting at this point, especially compared to what uh, my PC can render out versus what the Xbox Series X can render out. The games look near identical, uh, given their their current state. So unless you're bringing a whole lot to the game that uh, Saber Interactive was. Working working on you're going to be finishing it up which i genuinely doubt because i don't think i've seen anything from saber interactive uh that even comes close to 120 frames or ray tracing uh it feels like this is just going to be a 4k 60 um kind of of update with maybe maybe a 1440p uh 120 mode i would be i wouldn't be surprised about that but i don't really know how in depth they're going with that cyberpunk's next gen version was like a, a performance ray tracing with like uh local shadows only and genuinely you just go with the 60 frames per second because that's the mode that's going to look the best compared to the the actual uh fidelity mode so i would not be surprised to see something like that with a white with the witcher 3 so i i would Air on the side of caution. This is going to be a free update, by the way, so you don't have to worry about that. If you don't want to uh, worry about it as far as like how much is it going to cost you to get this, don't worry. It's going to be a free update to everyone that owns it already, and you can get that game for like 10 bucks, 5 bucks, and sometimes. So super cheap. Find a deal before it comes out, and then you should be good to go. 
Something that does look like it's good to go is the Saints Row game. Uh, something that has been said that was going to be releasing on August 23rd, uh, 2023. This was after a, I believe, after a, an actual delay originally. Uh, and this this game is something where they are doing uh, different previews for a lot of different outlets. Um, I am not one of those outlets, nor would I, I pretend to even come close to any one of those outlets. But uh, a lot of big outlets, including IGN, had the ability, and kind of funny now that I think about it, had the ability to sit down and watch a 50-minute uh, gameplay video for Saints Row um, that came over from Deep Silver Volition's uh, reboot of the series. And a lot of people seem to be pretty fair to middling on the review of, of or at least on um, what they watched of it uh, obviously when the game comes out it's going to matter a lot on what people feel when they actually get their hands on the game but based on the 50 minutes of gameplay that they watched uh, a lot of people were very interested in the amount of customizations that came with it uh, you can customize your vehicles your your weaponry your base uh, even yourself to a degree that really does kind of spit in the eye of uh, cdpr when they said you know you're going to be able to uh uh, change up your your genitalia for cyberpunk 2077 this looks like it is going to just basically you know shut anything down as far as like look if you want to customize your character and your weapons and your vehicle and everything about your base that is all going to be made available to you in saints row in the way that cyberpunk said that they were going to do something like that in some cases and all of the people that played cyberpunk really wanted to actually have that uh, one of the things that people said about this is that this game doesn't seem to really do anything too special it does kind of what the expected game would be you run around you build up your gang uh, you open up different areas in the world uh, in a big open world map uh, it's going to be very kind of uh, desert-like, so expect that kind of a, a biome if you want to get into the whole biome argument and stuff. So don't expect too many biomes in this case, but uh, the map looks big. It looks like there's 14 different areas that you can kind of take over and kind of install your your gang yeah gang into uh into into power in this instance and i i honestly it looks care it looks like it's stylized it is very much a stylized uh type of game but genuinely it does look like it'll be a lot of fun uh it doesn't look like it's going to be anything spectacular but if you enjoyed cyberpunk after the next gen updates um if you even if you enjoyed any of the uh, crackdown games uh this looks very much like this it looks like it understands what the the homework assignment was was be fun be big be open world and bring a lot of goofy customizations and humor and based on what i've read from some of the different articles uh for for folks that had the opportunity to kind of watch the 50 minutes of the gameplay and based on what i've seen from uh the customization presentation that they did as well as the the b-roll that they had up for this i think saints row is going to be one of those games that when it comes out people are going to be like yep it is a solid seven and a half and you should definitely give it a shot if you can if you can find a deal on it uh it's going to be worth it if you're itching for an open world goofy game that's kind of like gta but fresh
And I'm I'm looking forward to that. I had a really good time with Cyberpunk 2077. I thought I thought that game had a lot of flaws, but I really enjoyed the story. But more so, I really wanted the open world to feel fun. Uh, it was something that I really loved to do, which was just drive around on really cool vehicles uh, and be able to experience the actual atmosphere. Uh, if they are able to do anything like that in Saints Row, I think this game's going to have a lot more going for it just based on the fact that they really want you to be able to customize literally anything, uh, including genitalia, including your car, including your, your hideout, your HQ. Really, just it looks like they've tried to put in as many goofy options as possible. And I'm sure that the the the, the McElroy brothers over at Monster Factory will have a heyday playing around with this one. One of the games that came out this week, Multiverses, uh, which is literally just multi-verses, uh, which is kind of a play on multi-universes multi or multi... Oh, I can't think of what the play, play on words is. Uh, multiverse, that's it, multiverse. Uh, multiverses is a free-to-play game from Warner Brothers that has a large cast of characters uh, that are owned by uh, Warner Brothers in this instance. So... We're talking Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. We're talking Batman from Obvious Batman. Uh, we're talking about Adventure Time's Jake, uh, as well as Cake, the cat version of Jake. Uh, Harley Quinn, Bugs Bunny, the Iron Giant, Giant Taz the Tasmanian Devil, uh, as well as Arya Stark from Game of Thrones. Um, a whole cast of characters. You've got Tom from Tom and Jerry, where you actually get to bat around Tom or Jerry uh, with a, a um, oh, I can't think of the little word, little paddle. It's like a little tennis racket uh, a whole bunch of that but um, that is now available that came out this week from what I've seen it looks like it is a pretty solid clone of Smash Brothers uh, a lot of characters in there um, have the combination of different heroes from Smash Brothers so uh, you've got uh, Aria who is kind of like a mix between Marth and Kirby, if that makes sense. And you've got, um, let's see, Steven Universe. Uh, he looks like he is, I can't even think of a, a good way to kind of explain it, but he looks like he's kind of a cross between um, someone else and I would say Fox, uh, Star Fox from, or Fox McCloud from Star Fox. Uh, whereas like Superman, Superman uh, is really flighty, but a lot of his attacks remind me of of Ganon and Captain Falcor. So there's just a lot of interesting things here. Each hero has the ability to unlock and upgrade uh, abilities that are outside the normal move set. Uh, looks like you can do some customization there. And I don't know for sure if this is a free for all uh, because I know that most of the people that I saw playing this were all kind of working in 2v2. So I don't know right now if there's uh, a way to do kind of a free for all smash mode. I know there's a 1v1 and I know there's a 2v2, uh, but I'd be curious to kind of see how that plays out. Um, the close alpha apparently is running uh, between the 19th and the 27th, and then that's going to be available. Um, 
um, in July, I think, for open beta. Uh, this kind of snuck up on me, so it, it'll be interesting to kind of see how this is. Uh, this is one where they actually have full crossplay as well as uh, server-based rollback netcode, which is very important for fighting games, given that you can add, uh, or you can actually edit the the input buffer um, for your character, so that way uh, it's either there's more more reliability on the buttons that you press, or there's less uh, to kind of allow for um, the netcode to kind of make sense uh, given your latency. And it just it seems like they're trying to be real serious about this. Um, I haven't seen anything as far as like the monetizations. It looks like you can level up your character uh, and with leveling up your character, that's when you kind of unlock some of those different abilities. So it seems like one of those grindy games, which might kind of give way to what I believe is going to be like experience boosts that they're going to offer through the real store uh, or real money store. Uh, and, and that's kind of the justification for the free to play. That's where they get you is kind of the, uh, the, the main options, but we'll have to see, uh, how this goes in the future. Currently, this is available on PlayStation 4, 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S and on PC as well too, if you want to jump into it. All right. Well, uh, this episode is getting a little bit long in the two, so I want to try and shore some of this stuff up. Uh, I waited a little bit to kind of find out what was going on for Friday because I figured there might be something that comes out. And sure enough, some of the rumors that we had regarding uh, Assassin's Creed Origin and For Honor Marching Fire Edition those are something that have been rumored to coming to Game Pass. We just didn't really know when. Uh, it turns out that thanks to the Game Pass app, uh, those are actually going to be coming on June 1st for For Honor, and Assassin's Creed Origin is going to be coming in June 7th. Now, this is by no means an official announcement, but it is as close to one as we can get, given that this is actually coming from the uh, Game Pass uh, app itself. Um, and usually if it's coming from that source, that's, that's usually a pretty good one to do. Uh, Assassin's Creed Origin is the one where you're faced uh, with some of the threats in ancient Egypt. It also kind of rebooted the franchise, if I recall, uh, and really kind of started them on a much more different trend of design uh, compared to its predecessor. So um, that's one I would recommend checking it out. I picked it up uh, a while back when they had the educational version uh, available where you could kind of walk around and learn something about the, the history of Egypt and such. Really like that. Uh, For Honor, I don't know a whole lot about, and I know it's a, a real good combat simulator, but I don't know too much as far as the uh, marching fire edition, um, but I am glad to see that those are coming. I would love to see how some more games from Ubisoft uh, end up coming. I, I know that's something that's been uh, kind of teased and in the past about as well too, uh, about Ubisoft Plus making it to Game Pass. I think the interesting thing here is, is that we have recently seen some articles come out. This one specifically comes from Eurogamer.net by Tom Phillips, who does express that apparently Assassin's Creed Origins is set to receive a 60 frames per second update for the current gen uh, consoles in the near future. This would kind of coincide with that. Ubisoft has previously added 60 FPS options for Origins uh, sequel Odyssey, and Origins had always kind of stayed to the side. So uh, if you're looking to kind of have uh, an idea of of what to kind of start off with, I would recommend starting off with Origins just so you get a basis for how the game's actually played. 
But from what I've heard, Odyssey is really kind of the showcase here. Uh, Valhalla, while on a really good sale right now, um, is good. I did enjoy it. It is uh, much more of a Viking aesthetic, and that's not always going to hit for everyone. Uh, but if you know, it depends. Do you like Greece? Do you like Egypt? Do you like uh, Valhalla? Or um, I guess it would be Norway. Or, or I, most of it takes place in England. I guess would be uh, its its main stage there. Um, but a lot of Ubisoft games are getting performance updates to kind of include 60 frames per second. I think that's kind of the bare minimum at this point. And I really do hope that a lot more games from past generation uh, do come forward and bring in better updates to help kind of take advantage of the new hardware, breathe a little life into those games, especially given how uh, many of those games are on kind of steep discounts, you know, maybe having a 60 FPS uh, version coming to current gens would make more sales for Ubisoft given how quickly their games typically go on sale. There's a bit of news that is coming out from Sony's side of the industry, and I figured I'd bring up those just a little bit for the sake of kind of giving you some heads up. Uh, we did get some lists, kind of some preliminary releases for what is going to be added to the PlayStation streaming platform. Nothing too amazing in that instance. Uh, we also found out from Square Enix that they plan to reveal more information or have some announcements uh, going on around the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII. A lot of people are speculating that there's a good chance we might get more information about the next episode in the Final Fantasy VII uh, remake, seeing as we haven't had any news about that for a while. Uh, it'd be nice to kind of find out a little bit more, especially given that a lot of fans are big or a lot of fans of that have been waiting to find out how long it's going to be before the next installment. And apparently Norman Reedus uh, from The Walking Dead has uh, confirmed in a sense that they are working on Death Stranding 2, Death Stranding, one of the uh, PC and PlayStation uh, exclusives available for uh, those fans of uh, Kojima, uh, Hideo Kojima, and um, he he said that they are starting to work on a second one according to a, uh, a, a, a interview that they had recently um, from one of the awards ceremonies that I think he went to. Let's see. This actually comes from, uh, let's see, Leo Edit or uh, Niblion on Twitter, I believe is how they say it. Uh, he added, it, it may... It took me maybe two or three years to finish all the mocap sessions and everything. Uh, it takes a lot of work. And then the game came just came out and it won all these awards and it was a huge thing. So we started part two of that. Uh, Redis, who starred in the original uh, as the original Sam Bridges, has seemingly leaked what could or what would have been a big surprise sequel announcement, despite selling a considerable uh, five million copies as of March 2021. Uh, Kojima Pro or Productions has been quiet about its future product or projects so i i played a little bit of death stranding um i booted it up i think it's really beautiful i haven't had time to really dive into it i'd be very curious to kind of find out um what the sequel would lie in store because i i just don't know the story about it but i know it was a really interesting thought experiment on what a game with uh social media involved um kind of did for you know with people being able to add their own things to the game to make it easier or harder or uh, warn people uh, kind of like the same way that uh, a lot of dark souls games have notes involved um that's kind of what stranding was and uh kojima is, is very dedicated he's very very interesting fellow he makes a lot of interesting choices in games and i'd be curious to see like how would a death stranding learn from death stranding one what could they possibly do with that uh, i'd be curious to hear what you guys think of that as well too 
And I think that's pretty much it. We're going to be getting some more information about the uh, Overwatch 2 PvP beta that's going on or was going on. There's going to be another one that's coming off on the June 16th. So just after the Xbox Bethesda showcase about four days later. And apparently the Activision Blizzard deal is moving fast. Uh, in a recent review or interview with uh, Belgium's uh, LECO or uh, uh, via WCCF Tech, uh, Microsoft President and Vice Chairman Brad Smith, who's kind of been overseeing this deal, uh, had some fresh details about the progression and said that uh, they, they are trying to make that purchase, but it's moving fast, at least fast enough for the acquisition of this size. According to Smith, uh, we have received requests for information on this subject here in Brussels, but also in London and Washington. Washington. We answer questions, we give briefings, and provide information requested. One of our attorneys summed it up nicely by saying, we're coming to the end of the beginning, and now we're entering the beginning of the middle. It is a long process, and we're still at the stage where we're answering questions for us, of course. The sooner it is done, the better, but we will respect the process. Glad to see that that's going through. A lot of people still really concerned concerned about the consolidation of these companies. Uh, I don't see it as a big deal. Honestly, there's plenty of other studios and publishers out there, especially with companies like Embracer Group scooping up studios and being their own publisher, just not a, a quote-unquote pr uh, producer. They, they have other studios that um, actually do the producing or, or the publication for those games not necessarily the studio on their own uh, they're just kind of the holding company for that so i'd be very curious to kind of find out what this means for those games and those franchises all right, friends, uh, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. There's not too much that was really like amazing news that really came out this week, but just a little information. But I figured this would be enough to kind of give you guys an update on what's going on this week. Hopefully next week in the week following, we'll get a little bit closer to the Xbox Bethesda showcase. We'll have a little bit more information about what's going on with that and maybe even some teases from some third party companies who aren't going to be at the actual showcase. We're also going to be seeing what's going on with uh, Jeff keely's summer game fest uh in jeff grubb's summer game mess ign will probably have a lot of coverage over what third parties are doing as well and i want to stay on top of that for you so if you're enjoying this thank you so much for for listening it really means the world to me um and i'll try and keep you guys all abreast of the current situation going on with the games industry on a week-to-week -week basis so if you missed out on the news don't worry that's exactly what this podcast is here for you Thank you.